What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grundahl. Teachley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing and FMF. With us on the line today, we've got none other than Logan Carnell of the PRMX.ca motocross team. Uh, Logan, how's it going? Life is good. Just coming off that main event, and I, I, can't, I can't be happier. No doubt, my friend. A long time coming. Uh, a, a little bit of a veteran in the sport now. Uh, in your, I believe this is your third full year uh, r- racing Supercross. Uh, Logan, your very first main event this last weekend in Daytona. And uh, put, put an exclamation point on it with a 15th, posi- uh, 15th place position. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, I actually, Daytona's been the round that I've dreaded for the past three years. So it was pretty crazy to make it at that race. I kind of, I wasn't really looking forward to the race coming into it. But for some reason, I actually normally ride pretty good there, and I qualified the best I did all did all year with 21st, and <clears throat> had an okay ride in the heat race and got 12th, and finally ripped a whole shot in the LCQ and just rode it in, rode it in for second, and I was pretty stoked. No doubt. Uh, a clutch performance by yourself in the LCQ, something that you've uh, uh, struggled with a little bit uh, as of late, but uh, you put it into the main event, and um, what were your feelings when you knew that you'd gotten the, the, that spot, obviously something you've been working at for a long period of time, uh, your mechanic communicating with you that you'd made it in, as well as, uh, I believe, Julian was there as well. Yeah, ev- actually everybody was there. Um, my mom, my dad, my mom's boyfriend, uh, Everybody, it was pretty cool. As soon as I went over the finish, it like <clears throat> all the emotions hit me, and I started tearing up. And then I came down the the pit row, and I saw my mechanic Tony and my buddy Max with their hands up, and it was just it was it was really really cool. Absolutely, and, and this being a little bit of a roller coaster ride for you this season, obviously riding on the 450 on the on the West Coast to get ready, there were certain races where uh, you, in fact, weren't even able to make the night show, showing how, how difficult it is to make it into the night show in the 450 class, but now making main events on the 250, um, that, that's a huge turnaround. Yeah, I mean, that was the goal of going out West, was just to <clears throat> qualify for all the night shows, which... I mean, I qualified for every night show except for the one where I weeded it pretty bad in the last practice. But, yeah, I mean, I rode not so hot on the 450. And then as soon as the day, first day back on the 250, I felt, I felt, I felt back at home. So, and then I came out of Dallas and rode the best I have all year in the 250. So, ever since then, we've just been building and trying to ride with good dudes. And it's been helping for sure with my confidence and my riding itself. Well, yeah, like you're, you're, uh, it's a privateer effort, to say the least, but uh, um, it's, it's a well-put-together one. Where, where, where have you been riding mostly uh, throughout the week? Who's been uh, helping you put down some laps? Uh, the past few weeks, I've been riding, actually, at RJ Hampshire's place. I just me- messaged him on Instagram, and he was nice enough to let me come out once. And um, 
I think he kind of likes me, so he's he's been letting me come back, and uh, I've been trying to go out there two times a week at least and ride with him, uh, Ramular Alves, uh, Lorenzo Lacurcio, Cedric Subaross, a bunch of guys. Everybody was faster than me, so I mean that's <laughs> I think the best thing I could do right now. <laughs> Definitely. Surround yourself with fast guys. You only pick a, pick a few things up. Uh, and unfortunately for uh, for RJ, that he's now injured. Uh, does that, of course, I hope that didn't change your ability to go throw down some laps at his house. Yeah, no. He's been super cool, actually. He actually texted me on Sunday when he was still in the hospital and said congratulations on the main event. And he was still cool with me coming out to ride on Tuesday and Wednesday. He was actually there yesterday on Tuesday. He was in a lot of pain, but he came out there and was watching us and just talking. It was cool. How 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 is the guy doing? Obviously, uh, a scary crash, something you don't want to see. And uh, I assume at some point uh, in the main event, you were uh, rolling past uh, the the incident itself. Yeah, well, he he crashed in the heat race, and I was still oh, at Stargate. Right. But I actually looked. Yeah, I looked over. I happened to look over just. And I saw him just cartwheeling, and he wasn't moving. I kind of, yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. No doubt. <laughs> but uh, tell us a little bit about the team that you're on. Uh, the it's a Canadian based effort, uh, but you've been on, you've been with them for a number of years now. And uh, in my opinion, um, this this is kind of their best their best year so far. Yeah, I've been with Julian with Team PRMX for this will be my third year. Uh, first year went really good. Second year, I was or last year, I was uh, I was coming in feeling super good, and unfortunately, I broke my wrist in the second round, and then first race back, broke my back, so I couldn't race at all last year. So we didn't get much racing in last year, and then this year, I just I've just been using it as a building year, and just uh, just trying to qualify for the shows in the 450 class, and you know, we're just just building. But yeah, I couldn't do it without him. He's he's been there for me ever like through my injuries and everything, and. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't do it without him. How, how, uh, how does it, uh, differ, uh, trying to qualify on a 250 rather than a 450? You often find yourself in the, in the C practice for, uh, the 450 class, which is when the track is basically at its worst. And, and more often than not in the 250 class, you're either in the, uh, in the, the, the C or the B practice where, uh, often the track is almost at its best. W- w- uh, tell us a little bit about the contrast in in the track conditions that you're dealing with uh, during qualifying. Yeah, it was super nice to go out to Dallas and actually hit a fresh set of whoops for the first time all year. The tracks are so beat by the time we get out there and ride. And You know, there's those 250 guys that say, oh, my, t- I would have been displaced in the 450 class, but they don't. They're, they're only fooling themselves because the track's completely different and but yeah, it's really, really nice going out there and riding a fresh track. That's for sure. No doubt, and and you've been definitely capitalizing on that. Good time, good in times. Uh, a huge improvement from uh, earlier rounds on the 450. Like you said, uh, it's it's you're not comparing apples to apples as far as qualifying times, 250s to 450s. There's a lot of guys that that uh, don't take that into account, but. Uh, Talk about manhandling the 250 a little bit over the 450. Uh, I find jumping off of a 450 definitely helps you uh, um, feel like feel like a man out there trying to throw around the 250 because it feels like a lot lighter uh, machine. Yeah, once I got back on the 250, it basically felt like a pit bike. I actually had to like relearn how to shift and everything because I've been off the 250 for so long, and I all you do is ride second on a 450 all the way around the whole track, and I kept. 
I kept missing shifts, and I was like, I kept asking my teammate West, and I was like, what gear are you hitting this in? What, sh- what should I be doing? And it's just been so long for me. But, yeah, once I got once I got that all back together, I started throwing it around on the jumps and the corners and just putting it wherever I wanted, and it was nice. Right on, man. So what's the goal uh, now that you've gotten into the main event? What's the goal uh, to complete the season? Obviously, your goal is to make the, the night shows or the, the main events every weekend, but uh, does this kind of uh, make you reevaluate yeah, things as far yeah, as what you want to do? Yeah, that's the goal. I need put it in now that I know I can. Um, I, I think I will. I mean, yesterday at RJ's, I've ridden the best I've ridden all year, and I think uh, I think that just comes with confidence and knowing that I can get in the main events now and just picking it up to the next level. No doubt. So uh, what has changed uh, as far as your program uh, in 2018 in, in difference from last year? Obviously, you dealt with some injuries. How's the body feeling and what's changed for you? Um, I actually went out to – actually, all summer I worked with uh, my trainer. He's one of my best friends as well. His name is Daniel Loop. He uh, – Ever since I hurt my back, he's been trying to help me get back back in shape, and I was way out of shape after my back injury, and I'm finally, I would say, I'm in the best shape of my life right now, and I went out to California with him, and he was training me and doing everything right, keeping me on my toes, making sure I'm not slacking, and that's been the biggest change for my fitness, and now now that I see like how much easier it is to do 10 to 15 lap motos at Supercross tracks, I would, I would never go back to what I was doing before, that's for sure. No doubt. It, it, it looks like uh, the hard work's paid off, and uh, you were able to enjoy yourself on thir- on uh, Saturday night after the race. Uh, safe to say that there was some <laughs> celebrating going on? Yeah, I haven't went out all, all year, and I, I told myself, if I make it to Daytona, I'm going to go out. And I did. Me and my buddies went out, and it was fun. I had a cold beers, and it was fun. It was, it was cool to let loose. Fair enough. Well, I think you, you, you kind of got to, especially if you got a guy like uh, uh, Josh Greco in tow. That guy's just trouble. Oh, God, yeah. Greco's just trouble. Like, what, what, what kind of <laughs> trouble can Greco get himself into now that he has uh, no mustache, though? Oh, I don't know. I asked him about that. I was, I was asking him about if the mustache pulled less chicks or more chicks. And I, I think he said uh, he ain't pulling as many chicks now. No, I don't. I don't. I, I think that's really hurting his. Uh, like the the mustache was half of his power. Like the, I think he's maybe uh, is he is he five foot six, hundred and twenty five pounds. Oh. Like he's he's a little guy. So uh, like he's yeah. gonna find some pretty tiny women uh, that that look past the fact that he's uh, he's pint sized. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I don't know. He needs to he needs to get her back. No doubt. That was an easy conversation starter for him. Yeah, exactly. Now, now he's just got. Uh, uh, <laughs> now he's got to work for it. Exactly. Now he's got lifts in his shoes and uh, no night shows to, to speak of in the in, in recent history. Um, like riding with like seeing a guy like yourself and uh, and Greco at Milestone in January, the two of you guys putting down laps. Um, what, what's the most difficult part about having to go back to the same Supercross track over and over and over again uh, without a whole lot of changes? Because uh, I don't think that Supercross changed not one uh, not one corner in the six weeks I was down there. No, yeah. I don't like California at all. <laughs> um, it's just not for me. It's paying, paying $65 to ride a track that gets beat in about an hour, and I don't know. I, the, the tracks just aren't realistic. I mean, it's so much better being in Florida here on the East Coast and riding tracks that actually get ruts and you're riding with not 30 guys on the track. Um, it's just it's so much better out here. It's just Cali's not for me. 
I'm not a city guy. No, you're not a city guy. Whereabouts are you from originally? Uh, I'm from Ohio. Kind of live in the country in Ohio, right up by Lake Erie. Fair enough. Go, uh, go Browns. I guess you could say that. I don't think they've won a game in about <clears throat> eight years. Yeah, it's been a while. Well, you guys got uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor, and uh, who else did you guys get? You just recently got a couple of decent players, uh, but that franchise is, uh, is 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 all but forgotten. But uh, um, did you do any other sports other than motocross growing up, or, or what was your deal? Um, no, not really, except for BMX. I have a really big background. I've been I've been doing that ever since I've been riding. Actually, at one point, I almost gave up motocross to pursue B, to pursue BMX, like park and freestyle and but after i started doing that more i kind of realized that i need to stick with riding my dirt bike and i think it was going to take me farther than riding a bicycle no doubt and, and your motocross lineage does go back a, a ways uh, i i was looking up your i was trying to actually look up your um uh loretta lynn's uh kind of success but i came across a different car now who's that yeah my dad my dad actually won the 30 plus class loretta's in 1995, I think. Fair enough. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I was actually there. I was six months old. I was on my mom's back. <laughs> Fair enough. Like, like what? Uh, what kind of success did you have at Loretta's, or did you ever go as a as a as a youth? Because I, th- I think you're a bit of a late bloomer. <clears throat> yeah, I did. I did. I never really had any. I mean, I got I got a twelfth there, I think, which was my best finish. But I kind of quit riding after that for a few years. Kind of some stuff came up, and I ended up getting a bike again. And um, I just started riding really good. And I told my dad, I was like, I want to ride Supercross. He's like, yeah, okay. Uh, we'll go to a pro-am and see how you do. And I actually won the overall, the first ever pro-am I went to. And ever since then, he's kind of been hooked. So. Well, there you Pretty go. Cool. That's cool, man. Well, uh, like, um, what does the the schedule look like you for you going uh, to the the rest of the rounds? Do you think you'll ride more uh, rounds on the West Coast um, on a four hundred and fifty? Is that done for the year? Uh, what's the story there? Yeah, it's kind of up in the air right now. I was thinking about doing Seattle. If I can get a buddy to go to Seattle with me, I might do it, like gas and and all that. But that's pretty far, and. Yeah, it's just all up in the air right now. I'm not too positive. Definitely, and and not to mention the fact that you guys still have two uh, events that, uh, unfortunately, for a lot of privateers, might be like almost non-events. In the fact that uh, Indianapolis, you'll have the 250s uh, from the west and the east coming in. I think that definitely uh, provides a challenge to to a guy like yourself. Same thing with the. Uh, um, the Triple Crown in, in Minneapolis, uh, how does that affect uh, your mental preparation coming in, in there, knowing that uh, um, like there's there's no night show uh, guaranteed for either one of those events? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm feeling more confident than ever right now, and I'm pretty sure I, I should be able to qualify in Minneapolis. Um, I really don't even know how the schedule works for the East-West shootout. I don't know if they take, what do they take, top 20 to the night show? I'm I'm really not even sure. Yeah, actually, I'm not too too sure about that. I assume that they would probably uh, there would like it would just be three rather full um, qualifying. Like, I don't think they would split you guys up in qualifying, and then they would just take uh, the fast forty of both combined classes. 
like both oh, yeah. east yeah, and west. That, that would probably be about right. Yeah, I'm like, just going to go there and ride, the, ride my dirt bike as fast as I can, and hopefully I qualify. Yeah, hopefully. And then, like, uh, and, and yeah, obviously <laughs> there's, uh, like, uh, like, that's that's the risk you go into every single weekend. But how, like, what about the Triple Crown uh, event? Like, obviously, uh, if like the the solution to that problem is just to go fast and be in that that fast eighteen, stay out of that LCQ altogether. But uh, like, what about that uh, particular format hurts privateers? Oh yeah, for sure. I'm not a fan of it at all. I mean, I think I'd be a fan of it if I qualified. But I mean, most privateers are not going to qualify for that, and it kind of. It kind of sucks, like for sponsors and everything, for for companies that are that are paying for these privateers to race, and they're not even getting a, getting a chance to race in the night show and get their logo out there, and it just kind of sucks. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, it, like obviously, you still get your your money. Uh, I believe uh, the fact, like, if you're fortieth in qualifying, you still do get the 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 night show money. But uh, that's not what yeah. you guys are there for. You guys are there for uh, the possibility of getting a great start in in a heat race or an LCQ, getting some TV time, getting your your sponsors read on TV, and that's what the sponsors are, are there for. And I think this that that particular format robs. Uh, <laughs> Like robs you guys of that that ability. I I hope that uh, um, like that format doesn't gonna get blanketed over all the races because I think that really hurts uh, the the back end of the sport a little bit. Yeah, for sure. There's not a single privateer I've talked to that is that is into that uh, triple crown format. But I don't know. It is what it is. We just gotta get faster, I guess, and qualify. Fair enough. I hear you, my friend. But uh, um, before I let you go, I know that you're you're a huge fan of those viral brand goggles that you've been sporting uh, all year long. Tell me a little bit about that brand and how they uh, make you doing what you do on on weekends a little bit easier. Yeah, they've been great to me. I mean, they've probably made five or six postings on their Instagram since I qualified for a main event, so I know they got my back. So that's pretty cool. And yeah, Scott's Scott's always cool. When, he, when we're at the races together, he's in bet- he's coming to me at, between every practice and making sure I'm good on lenses and tear-offs and all that, and he's actually does my goggles for me. So, yeah, great company, great goggles, and I can't speak any more good about them. So good. No doubt, man. Well, uh, I know you got a ton of great sponsors, and if you don't have a, t-shirt, a shirt in front of you to read them all off for me, uh, give, I'll give you that opportunity now to, uh, uh, to list off the sponsors for us. Yeah, I can't thank Julian enough with PRMX. Wouldn't be here without him. And then uh, Strict Gear, uh, Viral Goggles, Awry Helmets, uh, Addiction Industries, Airtime Clothing, uh, Moto Tape. Uh, man, I'm bad at this. Who else we got? Dirt Tricks, uh, ODI, uh, and just everybody else. I, I can't, I can't thank you guys enough. Awesome, man. Well, I knew I appreciate you coming on the show, giving us some time, and uh, and shout out to Julian over at PRMX.ca. The guy's a great dude, and uh, and is always in your guys' corner. So uh, keep it up, and we'll see you uh, in Minneapolis. <clears throat> yeah, thanks a ton, man. I'll talk to you later. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. 
In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entick-Knapp, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a thing that's what i used to think now i start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. What's up, guys? It's Bruce Cook here with Nitro Circus. We're coming to Kelowna, B.C., May 25th for the Next Level Tour, and I'm so stoked to see you there. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have depth-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles are a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get 
tear-offs. You get a, a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens than uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of a more, of a more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens. You're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Uh, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. Hey guys, it's Fly Racing's Justin Brayton, winner of the 2018 Daytona Supercross. You're listening to the Big MX Radio, and we're back. Big MX Radio podcast show. Back on the line, uh, Logan Carnow is in the rearview mirror. Now on the line, we've got none other than Jim O'Neill, the number 15 in your program, number one in your hearts. Jim, how's it going? Oh, good, Brad. Yeah, good. And yourself? Hey, not doing too bad, my friend. Uh, hanging out here in uh, in cold and blustery Canada, calling you up in Ireland about, uh, what are you, eight hours ahead of me? Um, I don't know. Eight o'clock in the evening. Is it midday with you? Sorry? It's eight o'clock in the evening with me now. Oh, okay. It's only you're only uh, five hours ahead of me. It's uh, it's it's five five p.m. here yeah. or three p.m. here um, on the oh, in yeah. the in central time zone here in uh, in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. But uh, Jim, you're you're a guy who um, most people might not know about. You're racing the uh, the the British Championship this year. But uh, the two of us um, shared accommodations in 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 SoCal, staying with Stapo MX. Yeah. I went up for my uh, winter training in uh, California, and uh, coincidentally met yourself in uh, at Staples Place. Yeah, good. Absolutely, a couple of guys. It got. I think we got on pretty good uh, for the four weeks that we were down there at the same time. Uh, going riding a few different times, uh, more than a few times to uh, going out for dinner, and uh, just I don't think you ended up getting out to a Supercross race, but uh, uh, good times in California. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. It's kind of it's a place to be for the winter, isn't it? You know, get away from the wind and rain for me, and get you out of the snow. It's kind of it's kind of the center of everyone's uh, across the world in the winter, really. What uh, what made you want to go down to uh, SoCal rather than uh, some of the other locations? I think some guys go to Spain, some guys go to Belgium. What was your uh, um, kind of like your motivation to go down to, to California, call up Stapo MX, and uh, take them up on some accommodations, a bike rental, and the whole nine yards? Yeah, well, I've done the Spain thing quite a few times, and uh, I'm really constantly riding hard pack on the prepared tracks. Where bar you go to Red Sands, but you're gonna if you go to Red Sands, you're gonna be riding the same place constantly. So it's kind of good to go to California. There's got so many good tracks, like when an hour drive of where Staples and Lake Outsnow, and like you could go to maybe ten tracks in forty five minutes and put an extra half hour onto it, and you go to Kahi and all those other good places. So you know, it's on every time you go to a track, it's first prepared. They're getting the bikes sort of getting fresh bumps, and the track kind of replicates more racing. Where if you go down to South Spain, the tracks are kind of left for maybe a week or two or three, and then some places might never get graded, and you're just riding on stale bumps, so it doesn't kind of feel like you're riding on a racetrack like you replicate when you come home. For sure, absolutely. You guys uh, were, were able to uh, take advantage of, of a lot of different tracks. I believe uh, the tracks included uh, Paula, Paris, Milestone, which you didn't like, um, 
Glenn Helen, Cahia, uh, Lake Elsinore. Uh, you even raced. Uh, you did one race in in Arizona. Um, you you rode a lot of different tracks, and I think that was a huge benefit to you. I think you you did a ton of riding, and uh, I assume that you're probably in uh, just about as close to mid season form as you can be at this point in the year. Yeah, exactly. I've kind of I've been hit the ground running, and actually, uh, just as I got home, I got. Um, it was on the weather and it was a big uh, snowstorm coming so I messaged one of my buddies and we actually jumped in the van and drove out to Belgium so I did some riding in Lombard and Dunkirk in France we went up to Eindhoven for a day as well so I kind of just kept the ball rolling I was off the plate I got back home on the Saturday road home on the Sunday and then prepared everything and got everything we got in the van and we left for Belgium on the Tuesday so it was literally only home a week and a day or two so we um yeah, I'm pretty ready to go. And then as we were driving back from Belgium to France to head for the first round of the championship uh, last weekend, the snow had all melted in England and the track was flooded, so we couldn't race it. And it looked like we're going to be in that scenario this weekend, although the race isn't cancelled yet for the first Irish national, but I can't see it going ahead of the grounds too wet here as well. Fair enough. Nothing, uh, nothing like uh, some early season racing in Europe to bring some mud races. You got between mud and sand. You guys are are pretty, uh, pretty well versed in some adverse conditions in uh, within motocross. Uh, I don't think it's 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 not really all that un, un like uh, unusual for races this early in the season to be uh, to, to be canceled. Yes, no. It's quite unusual. Well, they normally tend to have the first couple of races in sand so that they will run but yeah. this year the season seems to start a little bit earlier than normal too we're normally kind of late the end of March you know would be kind of the first round but like the first British was last weekend so you know was it the 8th of March was it or the 11th it's kind of it's a little bit maybe 3 or 4 weeks too soon and that unusual yeah. snow kind of ruined things as well but yeah we'd be used to riding in the mud that's not an issue it's just when the paddocks you know when we park and everything everything was just so wet we got like in a unusual amount of rain like we normally race in the mud but just at the minute everywhere is just so soaking wet like the rivers are full and the whole countries are just soaking well no doubt and uh yeah like you said nothing that you would shy away from but definitely not uh, anything like the uh the soil that you're riding in california i think one day when we went to uh lake elsinore it was um quote-unquote muddy at nine o'clock in the morning but also it was rock hard and dusty by 10 30 11 o'clock um like did did you come back to to to, to ireland and uh like most of your, your mates back there uh kind of quizzing you and, and ask you questions about uh um the la la land that is uh southern california because uh that's every more cross racers gym right there yeah when i got back um like you know like you just said you know that i remember that day in snow was like uh in the morning the track was too bad and you've got like that small window you might have to get used to to see when you're going to ride because uh, the tracks go from good to bad in a very short period of time but I suppose we were lucky enough to be under the watchful eye of Staple and Brian Leros who was just kind of every day to keep us you know, on track and he always knew what time you were going to be where and get your motors in at this time because this track would be gone off early and you know things like that was great to have Brian there to kind of help me out when I was in SoCal but yeah when I got home everyone was yeah, intrigued and asking how was it and how was I getting contact with so many people? How did I get the white power suspension? How did I get to this? You know, it was like it's like constantly repeating myself to everybody of how the trip went and all the fun I had along the way. 
No kidding. You almost need to uh, get a little like kind of uh, a pamphlet uh, laid out. Of, uh, you can just like hand someone your 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 California story, so they you wouldn't have to regurgitate yeah, it over and over yeah. again. But uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Heading down to Stapo's place, the guy's got an absolute compound of uh, of basically motocross greatness. He's got a, a full shop to work out of, a bike wash station, tons of accommodations to stay in, uh, uh, regardless of your st- if you're staying uh, in these. Got like kind of almost like a, a side house. Uh, I know he had some someone sleeping uh, in uh, like some different rooms in this house as well as you, you and I were actually staying in uh, in a fifth wheel trailer, believe it or not, uh, which was kind of cool. Yeah. But uh, the, I think his biggest asset it goes by the name of uh, of Brian Maderos. That guy was basically your uh, uh, California tour guide. I know the guy has to do some riding of his own, but I think that was a huge, uh, huge benefit and a huge kind of uh, uh, aid to your enjoyment of the trip because uh, Brian would take you anywhere you needed to go, even if uh, if even if he, even if on certain days he didn't want to go there. Yeah, yeah, Brian was one hundred percent. I remember. We got back from that race in Arizona, and he rode MX1 and MX2. And that was MX2 on the Saturday, and MX1 on the Sunday. So he done two heavy days riding, and, and he done all the driving from Arizona back to SoCal. And uh, I wanted to ride because it was coming into my last week, and I wanted to ride the Monday. And uh, where did I go that morning? Ride the pal on the Monday, and uh, I think April was too busy doing April because he couldn't come, and uh, Brian. Offered, yeah, no worries. He took me. It was, you know, he's he's a top guy. Like there was never, no, not was ever an issue. He grew his way to help you in any way he could. So, you know, it was brilliant to have him there, Absolutely. along with senior and Dennis. Every, everyone, the whole, it's a, such a good atmosphere there. You know, senior is the same. You know, you have a hundred laughs with Dennis Senior and then Dennis as well. Just you know, he has all the contacts. And he's got, you know, he's got everything you need. He's got like the perfect, uh, perfect setup. Really, you know, if, if you need something. Ask Dennis, and he's going to know someone that will get it for you, or you'll have it organized pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Dennis Senior, uh, the definitely the uh, the glue that keeps that place together. That guy is uh, is, is a is a, he's almost a, he's a throwback. That guy like, lives life at a, a, a slightly different pace than everybody. Uh, he's a, he's a simple man that just gets shit done, and uh, I really appreciated that about the guy. He, like anything that needed to get done. Uh, He'd get on it, and he made sure that, uh, and Dennis, Dennis uh, Jr. as well, making sure that you had the WP suspension uh, that was basically, uh, from my understanding, you were one of the only guys to have uh, that suspension set up uh, on your yeah. RMZ. That was pretty cool. Yeah, they were pretty much the, I don't know, like, the final R&D on the white bar suspension before they go into production, so we had two sets there, and I kept, like, testing different settings then. White power came out as well, and we got uh, we done a day in Kahin, came to the final, pretty much setting that we were all happy with, and then they sent that set away to Europe and asked, what well, could I take another set? Well, I think the Swedish wanted to go over there from Europe, Austin, they weren't too happy about me uh, having a set back, so I had to give relinquish my other set as I was coming home from America. But yeah, it was great to have the experience of working with you know such a high level suspension company in America. And, I learned a lot from the short time I had working with those guys, and it's actually going to help me a lot going into my season. I'm about to know when I get home, I had to go out to Belgium and uh, get some KYB factory suspension out there, and I done testing with them guys as well. So the kind of the knowledge I picked up working with White Power was really beneficial as I started to work with KYB with uh, some stuff I had for my race bikes now. 
Definitely. Like uh, any testing that you guys can get done uh, is, is help you feel comfortable on the motorcycle. What have you decided on as far as uh, suspension setup? Are you going to go with KYB for the season? And uh, and how different was the feeling uh, switching brands like that? Yeah, I'm going with KYB. Um, I got really good there for finishing level there. I finished testing there last, just the last week was my last day with them. And, uh, for sand, and I go back out maybe in three or four weeks' time to test with him on hard pack when it's drier. But yeah, I'm really happy with the setting we got. It kind of it took us a while to get it. Um, I think the technical guys were a little bit surprised with how far off it was as well from the start. With, with the first set they came with, and then the second set, and then they were tearing stuff down at the track and working on it. And we, we never could get something that we were comfortable with, and they agreed from watching it wasn't what it was should be either. So. They went to the shop on the Tuesday night and uh, made some big changes, and then we came back and tested another two sets on the on the Wednesday, and we eventually got them to where they're really good now. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going racing. I think they're in a, in a great position. No doubt. Once the weather uh, cooperates with you, be able to hammer down. Um, and and what are the goals for 2018? Obviously, you wanna you wanna be doing better in the British Championship than, than the past. But I think you've also got some serious aspirations to end up uh, on this side of the of the pond uh, sometime in September. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, like the main goal, I suppose, is uh, main goal for the year is to ride more as nations for Ireland. You know, as Dreamed in race and then uh, jumping rock with leap. So that was one thing I wanted. The two things I've always wanted to do: jump rock with leap and ride for Ireland designation. So kill two birds with one stone and get after it this year. But um, to get there, I need to be as well as uh, top ten in British Championship. Uh, my main goal in Ireland is to win the Irish and Ulster Championship. So fair enough. Well, hopefully you are mm-hmm. able to do that. Started, so. Yeah, you've shown you showed some speed while you're here. You're getting comfortable on the motorcycle. You're a really smooth rider. Uh, it's actually tough to t- tell when you're going fast because you're really smooth on the bike. Um, who did who do you kind of model your uh, riding style after? Uh, who did you look up to as far as Ireland goes? Uh, growing up, um, so every young kid in Ireland looks up to Gordon Cocker. You know, he was kind of the old school, smooth two stroke king of you know. Of more personally, race Bichon, who another guy I would have looked up to, but especially Gordon Cocker, you know, he was such a inspiration to all those young kids in Ireland. Seeing him, and he won some GPs, and he was third in the world championship, and he was multi British champion and Red Bull athlete, and all the things everyone looks at and thinks, geez, I'd love to be him, you know. And, um, like, yeah, Gordy was always smooth, and I worked with him a couple of years on uh, technique riding stuff, and you know. Smooth and fast is kind of his motto. That's where I kind of like to try and go myself and just open up the track, like right, like a, a MotoGP track or something. He taught me a lot and, uh, you know, ride it like that rather than just dive straight into the inside, turn hard, get out. You know, you need to make everything flow and stuff like that. So, yeah, I suppose you could put all, not put all that into Gordon, but kind of, that's what I would have kind of liked to inspire to ride like as him. Yeah, Gordon Parker. Gordon Crocker, that's a guy that I probably have to call up at some point to uh, to do a podcast with. Um, what about uh, what about more modern guys? Obviously, someone that you'll probably have to uh, hit a gate drop with at some point. But uh, um, you're young enough to have kind of almost looked up to a guy like uh, Tommy Searle a little bit. Uh, what about some other uh, like um, like uh, more more recent uh, Irish guys? Um. Not so much reaching out. I I look, wouldn't have kind of, um, you don't probably you probably don't look up to guys that you have to race against, do you? 
No, no. Um, I, like, I like Sean Simpson. I'd be more of a Sean Simpson fan than a Tommy Surf. I'm not, I'm not against either of them in person, but the old riding wise, I'd be more into uh, Sean Simpson's kind of style of riding and the way he gets things done, kind of more quiet and low key. I wouldn't be into the big flash kind of game of some of the guys, but um, yeah, I'd like to be a Sean Simpson fan. I'd say that, yeah. Fair enough. And Dean Wilson fan. Dean Wilson. Oh, the Scottish guys, like Scottish guys, yeah. Yeah, like uh, I think I pissed you off a couple of times this year, uh, trying to just uh, like just, um, mistaking you from for Scottish or Irish. Irish, uh, like, did do you, do you get a lot of that uh, when you're traveling abroad, or, or like, uh, was anyone like did did anyone ask you a funny question about uh, being Irish as, when you were over here in, in California? I suppose the best one of all had to be we were at that pole uh, and What was it in the what's that called in the um... pole position? Pole position, Karen. Yeah, and uh, there was this uh, girl there, and uh, she asked, she was asking where do they race, and I said I uh, raced in in England. She told me, "Oh, is that against Brett Metcalf?" I was like, "No, definitely not." No, that's uh, <laughs> you know, a different like, continent altogether. England to Australia is quite a vast uh, difference in those two, but um, I get it all the time. But I suppose a lot of people in in America being Irish is like. Every second person you talk to, their godfathers are Irish, or their great granddaddies are Irish, or you know, I think every American spires to have some sort of Irish. In them. Definitely, especially uh, uh, in in about three days' time, uh, which is is a pretty special day for uh, for for your your country, my friend. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day. You know, it's yes, not to celebrate celebrate with Irish people. Yeah, it's crazy to see how far the Irish people have traveled and how much they've done for such a small country. No doubt, everyone everyone wants to be Irish on that day, and I guess uh, you'll be you'll be get like hopefully like uh, hopefully you, maybe you are uh, kind of hoping that this weekend gets uh, cancelled as far as the race goes because uh, then you get to enjoy uh, Saint Patrick's Day in full bore. Yeah, and, and this Saint Patrick's Day is actually a, a big rugby match for Ireland to win a Grand Slam. They went on beat in the in the rugby European rugby tournament, and uh, they have to play England in England to be to win the Grand Slam. So they've already won the Six Nations. And to win the Grand Slam, they would have to be England in England on St. Patrick's Day. So Ooh. there'll be a lot of beer consumed for that match. But you know, if the racing was cancelled, you'd definitely go and enjoy that one. But like, but on the other side of things, I really want to get racing because I put all this effort in now, and I'm kind of eager to get behind the gate and get out and get going because it's like always oh, put this effort in. And the race was meant to start last week, now it's meant to start this week, and yeah, I just might have to get the ball rolling. Let's yeah. Let's get some gate drops. Let's get some results for uh, the number fifteen. Uh, first, before I let you go, why 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 choose that number? What's what, what's your infatuation with the number fifteen? It's my birthday. I was born on the fifteenth of September, so um, oh. uh, first I used to run one five nine. Um, well, I ran nine until September for the ninth month for a while in the eighty five. Then I went to the bigger bikes. Nine was gone, and then. I ran one five nine in the school by two fifty, and then when I went to the adult class, one five nine was gone. So I went nine one five, and then uh, ran that for a couple of years, and then um, got the results to be able to run the number fifteen. Then so yeah, that's where that came from. It's just like my birthday, fifteenth September. 15th of September, circle that one on the calendar. Make sure you uh, find Jim on social media uh, and wish him a happy birthday on that day. Speaking of which, Jim, where can people find you on social media? Where can people follow along and, uh, and keep tabs on uh, our, uh, our our Irish correspondent on the other side of the pond? On, on, on the other side of the pond. Um, 
on Instagram, I think it is Jim Whale underscore 15. Yes. If I'm right. And on Facebook, it just find me as Jim O'Neill. And Snapchat is Jim O15. Jim O15. Find them, follow along, and uh, and Jim, I really appreciate you making some time for us in the the evening hours in in Ireland, and uh, hopefully this weekend. No worries, uh, is, I appreciate is, the call. Yeah, no problem. Uh, hopefully, it's it's a, a successful season for you, and we'll we'll keep tabs 